LF podcast, where we're focused on fashion, fitness, and of course food. This podcast is all about bringing these three parts of your life together to help you get the most out of your passions. We're here to help you look your best, feel great, and also indulge in some maybe not so hidden temptations. <laughs> we are by no means experts in any of these fields, but we do hope to bring people to the show who know what they're talking about and can help you with some of these aspects of your life. You only live once, so why not live a life worth living? On the show today, we have Bhavna Jain of Bhav. Bhav is a women's contemporary clothing brand based in Chicago. The line is inspired by the rich diversity of South Asian heritage fabrics and features sophisticated and flattering ready-to-wear pieces tailored to fit the daily lives of real modern women. Bristol enough to be worn wherever your day takes you, they aim to reimagine what fusion wear can be. South Asian craft traditions date back centuries, and these Asian artisan skills can be found in textiles utilizing techniques such as iCAD dyeing, screen printing, and block printing. Bob strives to introduce all women to these beautiful heritage fabrics and showcase their ability to be seamlessly incorporated into contemporary wardrobe. Bob seeks to empower women to find unique ways to embrace their cultural heritage. They see heritage as a piece of them, not the soul that defines us, and are inspired by everyday women who have authentically incorporated their multicultural identity into their lives, whether it's career, motherhood, or otherwise. Sit back and relax and enjoy this conversation with Bhavna Jane of Bhav. So today we're sitting down with Bhavna Jane of Bhav. How are you today? I'm doing well, thank you. Awesome. So tell us what you do in one to two sentences. Well, I do a lot of things. Um, <laughs> well, one to two sentences. Um, by career, I'm a pharmacist, uh, still practicing uh, clinical pharmacy uh, at a outside uh, hospital here. Um, besides that, I am a fashion designer, and I, a uh, few years, uh, March of 2018, I launched my own fashion line. Um, at the time, it was called Bobby J Designs. Um, released two collections under that label, and then transitioned, um, or went through a rebrand, and now we're Bob. And so a lot of little listeners probably know you from our show we did last July, which was at Artifact Events, which was, you know, ups and downs. For me, it was a huge up because you let one of my friends walk who's never walked before, which is amazing. Um, but yeah, tell us kind of about your experience with that, and then we'll kind of get into the designs and everything. Yeah, I, I, the, the show was wonderful, so congratulations to you for putting out a wonderful production. Uh, the venue was beautiful. I'm really familiar with it because a family member of mine got married there. So when you told me it was there, I was like, wow, this is you know going to be a great event. Um, thank you again for inviting me and allowing me to showcase um, my designs. Um, and so we, I actually showcased the Bob line, which um, through the transition, we uh, incorporate South Asian heritage fabrics into the design aesthetic. And so it's contemporary pieces, but involving um, South Asian heritage fabrics. Um, and it really just showcases a little bit of my uh, personal identity. Um, I grew up here in the States, but um, my culture and heritage is uh, from India. And so it's just a way for me to showcase, um, you know, my my dual identity, both um, 
showcasing American culture, but then also Indian culture as well. So it was uh, received very nicely. I was able to, you know, put some new designs, but also some previous Bob designs that we had launched. When preparing for a show, I feel a lot of designers always talk about how they're rushed to get their designs done for the show that they're participating in. In addition to that, what's kind of the mindset going into a show? I would assume that people looking at shows on the outside end are like, cool, you're a part of the show to get exposure, um, get brand recognition, which then results in sales of your pieces. How does that go into like you prepping for the show and then your follow-up from the show? Kind of capitalize on that. Yeah, um, so when I participated in your show, it wasn't my first one. Um, I actually had done several uh, right when I had launched back in March of 2018 or April, yeah, around that time. And I think, um, you know, I was obviously very excited at that time. And I think for new designers, it's a box that we want to check off and say, hey, that, you know, I've been part of a show. Um, so I think going into the show, it just depends on what you're um, expecting and looking for. Um, I think I went into it, you know, with the mindset of I wanted to share my debut line uh, at the time. And when I participated in your show, I was much more prepared. Um, there's so many things that are unexpected uh, your first time uh, in terms of um, models and uh, just everything from even, you know, steaming the clothes and uh, getting everything prepped and, um, you know, just last minute alterations or, you know, things like that. So, um, you know, I try to obviously have a good rapport with the the models that I'm working with. Um, that's really important, too. Um, they're the ones showcasing your, your items. Um, and, you know, sometimes you need like a larger team, depending on how many looks you have. Um, but I think I was comfortable to know, um, you know, how to prepare. Uh, I had everything with me, um, steamer. So I kind of do a lot of hands on myself. Um, so I was kind of back there steaming and getting everything ready. And I think it's just, you know, my support, um, you know, friends and people that I invited. Um, so honestly, it's actually really funny that you bring that up because somebody else was asking me something about fashion shows. And I was like, it's the designer always thinks of themselves as last, right? You know, we, we don't take care of ourselves. Um, and I think that's where my friends and everyone is like supporting me uh, to make sure that, you know, I've like at least rested or, you know, all that other stuff. But I'm like worried about everybody else, you know? So, um, so yeah, so they were last minute like doing my hair and my makeup and things like that, even though you had provided it, but there was just no time, right? I just wanted to make sure everybody else, you know, that was wearing my design were ready to go um, and then my friends kind of touched me up at the end and so yeah so I mean that's kind of how it goes it always is a whirlwind but it's um, it's such a wonderful feeling when you're going out uh, you know at the last look and you just see everyone's response and it just gives me validation that you know I'm creating things that people are responding to and liking um, and so I think it's just that satisfaction of um, just being proud of myself in terms of like everything that I've accomplished up to then. So yeah, I'm definitely on the same page. A lot of people kind of ask me why I put the show together. Am I going to do this for a living? And my answer's almost always been like, no. It's not a one-time thing, but like a once-in-a-while thing where I gotta get together a bunch of my friends outside of fashion, bunch of my friends inside of fashion, and get them all in the same room. And like show off like this is what I'm happy to do and happy like 
passionate about. Yes, there are hiccups along the way, and people say there always are, but I learned next time to like have a team of like people who are invested. Like I can realize what you can do for a designer and models, hair, makeup, etc. But just kind of like more structure of a team. But that that is what it is. I'm like, I'm glad that you were a part of it because I've been my friends for a long time. Absolutely. But at a networking event I hosted. <laughs> it was a fashion mastermind number two yeah a couple of years ago but i came to participate in a networking conversation at my friend's restaurant and it was like evolved so now we actually do them at game stores so it's like a ton of fun it's all about staying connected with your connections yeah absolutely i think i uh i think i don't know how i randomly found you or something and um at the time, I was looking to, again, just meet people in the industry, and um, so took some time out and came and met some wonderful people that night, and um, I think I was a little bit um, farther. I think I had released already, like, one or one collection, and so everybody around me was very, very interested in how the whole process worked and everything, but, you know, looking back, again, we've been friends since then, which is really nice, and so I just value a lot of those connections um, that I've made over the years. Speaking of connections, you're pretty involved in Fashion Group International or FGI Chicago chapter. Uh, tell us more about that and your involvement. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Fashion Group International um, or FGI, uh, the Chicago region now has become a big part of my life. Um, I, I and uh, my co-director, uh, Gila, we are now the uh, co-directors of the Chicago region. Um, Fashion Group International is a networking uh, organization, fashion networking organization. Uh, headquarters are in New York. It was started in the early 1900s, and there are chapters all over um, uh, all over the U.S. And so I'm very proud now to uh, be uh, one of the co-directors. And um, I've been a part of FGI for quite some time, but they focus on, again, like, you know, uh, putting on networking events, uh, related to anything in the fashion industry, um, we have members. Um, you can be become a member, um, but you can also attend events as a non-member. But there are perks, obviously, of being a member. Um, and so I really, yeah, enjoy being part of this organization. It has brought a lot to me. I've met so many wonderful people um, and just connecting with them, which is, you know, the main reason, um, you know, or the purpose of FGI. And so um, I am really proud now to be in a more leadership role and, again, uh, expanding my network. Um, and it really just helps me connect with other fashion industry leaders um, and, you know, giving back to um, the fashion community and, you know, hopefully leaving a mark or legacy in my uh, two-year term. Yeah, I've met a chance to see some really influential people in my life through FGI um, Rachel J, uh, Rachel J Styling, uh, was episode 205. I met her at a dinner that we had this year and she came on our podcast and then her and I were actually invited as VIP guests to Melissa Carter's university students fashion show. Sorry, like a word jumble, but <laughs> I was remembering we were VIPs, we showed up together, we walked in. They escorted us to the basement. So I'm so glad that she was there for friends. We met with the five designers who were showcasing and one of each of their models. And it was like a full-blown breakdown of everything. So it's super interesting to me. But knowing you know, Rachel as like the stylist, very influential, she asked all these great questions. I just sat there and nodded and smiled and took it all in. 
Yeah, and I think that's the thing about um, Fashion Group International is that we strive to look to put um, events on um, of different topics that are related to, you know, the, um, the fashion industry. Uh, just recently, we teamed up with LinkedIn and talked about how to, you know, strengthen your profile uh, for that. Um, we're going to be having a beauty event um, in the coming in the next coming month. Um, Hila and myself and a few other board members, we recently just came back from New York um, and they put on a, a global conference every year. And we had the amazing opportunity to meet uh, Ralph Rucci, which is a famous American designer. Um, and we also met Fern Malice, who's the creator of New York Fashion Week um, and other prominent um, uh, you know, fashion industry leaders. Another one was Ken Downing, who's going to be the creative director now of Halston. So it's amazing that, you know, being just part of this organization has allowed so many wonderful opportunities and opportunities that I would have never had, but at least, um, you know, creating those connections and hopefully um, bringing back some of these prominent leaders to Chicago and putting on some events. So we're really excited to do that. It's one of the big things I really enjoy about the FGI community here in Chicago, I guess, to your, your point on a larger scale People don't seem to have like agendas at the events other than just be nice and meet someone. I feel as if other places in Chicago, yeah, it's kind of what goes across all industries, right? People come to the event, they have an agenda with how it can positively impact their life, either if they're a designer looking for models, looking for photographers, looking for chances to be in shows, sell their clothes. If it's a model, like, do you have a show I can be in, et cetera? It's like very much transactional opposed to just like supportive um and, and you know everyone has their own situation but i think that's what fgi does so well is everyone's so nice and i have to get better at this remembering people's names <laughs> like hey jp how are you i'm like what was it when i said remember like three years ago i'm like no i have that problem too sometimes but i i think i'm better at face recognition than you know actual seeing name on a paper but uh, but so what's kind of like your your end goal then with um, the fashion world? You're having your own clothing line. You said that you're not doing it full time. You actually have your other passions. But what's kind of your end goal in, in, in all of this? Yeah. So um, going back to your point about you know uh, how the fashion industry here is in Chicago, um, I think I you know realized that when I went to New York just recently, um, I. You know, every time I do go to New York, I wasn't really a big fan of New York before, um, but I think in the last several years when I've gone to this conference, I'm having a better appreciation of why New York is New York, right? And, you know, Chicago is much different. Uh, we are the third largest city, you know, in the U.S., but, and fashion used to be a really big, um, you know, platform and a hub for, um, you know, the fashion industry. Uh, but unfortunately, in the past several decades, things have left. And I think um, FGI and there's several other groups here in Chicago who are on a mission to get Chicago or get fashion recognized again in this city. Um, in terms of like what I'm looking for in the future or um, what FGI brings to me, um, you know, I, I took part in fa uh, fashion group because I figured um, it was going to help me in my networking, but then in also indirectly help me with my business and my brand in terms of connection, obviously, and networking. 
um, and the relationships that I'm creating through Fashion Group, I'm hoping to, um, again, you know, utilize in some way um, to help further my brand as well. Um, but I think, you know, the Midwest in general, we have a different um, feel, right? You know, and I think, again, going back to what you were saying, people are very friendly. And, and that's what I really, really do appreciate about this area. And um, I think that's why I feel like I belong here, <laughs> you know, um, and it, it, it's just the, the many people, I would say the majority of the people that I've met in these several years while I've, you know, been uh, building my brand and designing and everything, they have been so helpful. And that's what I really do appreciate. Um, and I don't feel afraid to, to um, you know, if I know somebody might be an expert in a certain area, uh, you know, approach them, introduce myself and my brand and see how we could collaborate because that's what, you know, Fashion Group International is all about. And I think just taking those skills and expanding them to my own personal brand um, is something that, you know, I'd like to do. Um, I'm currently working on a new uh, concept um, with Bob, so uh, stay tuned for that. I'm going to be slightly pivoting um, into the South Asian bridal space, so that's going to be kind of exciting. So again, it's you know creating these connections and seeing how that can help in this transition. That's really interesting. I'm excited for the new pivot. I'm pretty sure, without looking at your books, I'm your number one male customer. <laughs> Your first one after, and then there's several other people after you. Right? Not for me, it's for some from friends of mine. But um, yeah, very supportive of the, the brands like that. So the idea that you were looking into seeing what works, what hasn't worked, and kind of rebranding yourself without losing your identity per se. I mean, it's a lot of things people overlook in the fashion world. Is they come in with this is what I'm going to do, and my nose down, and I'm going to get this to work. A, you might not like it. B, you might see a different door open that you're way more successful at. And C, it just shows that like you aren't really understanding the market or what the market could be. Yeah, absolutely. I think you just hit it right on you know the nail right there because um, I came in thinking I wanted to design something, but I think there was something else and I just didn't know how to translate it. And then um, after the second collection, um, you know, a family member stepped in and helped me kind of really refocus and, um, you know, figure out how to really incorporate my um, South Asian identity into the designs. And even still, you're always trying to find where the need is in the market, right? And so um, I don't have a background in marketing, and sometimes it's a little bit tough. I think it's tough for just even creatives and, and people in the fashion space in general, because we are such creatives and we want to create, you know, what we like and what, you know, um, sort of represents us um, through art, you know, as an expression. Um, but in the end, it's a business and you have to find um, where the need is, uh, where you're going to be most successful, because if once you do that, you will be, you know, the most successful in that space. So. It, you know, it's trial and error. It's, um, you know, navigating through a lot of things, observing things around you. Maybe you've had experiences and you're like, hey, I could do this better. Or I think this, you know, there there needs to be a product in this space. But um, so, yeah, so that's kind of very similar as to how my journey is. And, you know, once I go through this change or this pivot and, you know, put some items out, um, you know, it's constantly learning from the audience. And so, 
Uh, you just have to be very patient and understanding and under, you know, uh, see how it's, how it's going to go. To that point about how creators have less of a business sense than than creators, that's an idea that ran by some of my buddies before who are in our space, but more in like um, the accounting spaces, starting a small business that does the books and the business operations stuff for people in the fashion world. I would never want to get on the social media side because that's just way too much work for what anyone probably can pay you. People are usually like, I'm trying to get my exposure. Like, hey, 2000 bucks a month. I'm like, no. <laughs> Which I've talked about on podcasts before. Um, but yeah, just like, just help you with like an operational perspective of, hey, you do creative stuff. Just give me access to your books from a really respective perspective with a CPA on my team. And then just help them understand this is how you should be spending your money. This is how you can optimize, et cetera. That's something I want to do now, which is an idea that like crossed my mind is being that supportive person. Because um, I think, what's Pam's last name in FGI? But I remember telling me some story that she's like, was in New York Fashion Week and like all this stuff. And she's had next to Dennis Rodman. I'm like, why have I never heard of you? And she goes, I'm good at like making the clothes, not at selling them. <laughs> That's just mind blowing to me that like you're friends with like one of the most biggest people on the planet and I've never heard of your brand and you live like down the street from me in, in Chicago. So it's kind of giving people that exposure and how they can get to it or they can keep their mind doing creative stuff all day. Yeah, no, that's a great idea. I mean, I think just in any business, you need a team. And, you know, I think throughout these years, too, I've learned um delegate to people who are experts in their field because <laughs> you're not the expert in everything, you know, and it can get very overwhelming. And, um, you know, I dread every year when tax season comes. So I just like, I don't want to think about it. Um, but again, if you don't have the financials and if you have no idea what you're spending on or how much things are, then you will get into trouble pretty quickly. So, um, so yeah, that's a great idea. And I think, uh, if you do that, I, can I be your first customer? <laughs> um, so yeah, I, I think that's one of the biggest like lessons too, I've learned is delegate, delegate and, or, um, hand over those responsibilities, uh, to someone who's an expert, whether it be like social media, marketing, um, you know, finances, et cetera. Um, because I think it'll be less money. It, it you know, I think in the, in the beginning, we think like, oh, my God, it's so much money, but it might end up spent, uh, saving you a lot of more money in the and stress in the long run. And to that point, do you have any recommendations either from your experience or just open thoughts on vetting people for those kind of situations? Because I'm sure you've heard stories too, like, like I paid someone X dollars to do this marketing and I didn't sell any clothes this week. Well, turns out it takes time. <laughs> yeah, that too. I think um, for me personally, um, I feel most comfortable if it's by word of mouth. Mm -hmm. um, I think that's the best way to sort of get a review and obviously do your homework as well in terms of, you know, if these, I'm, I'm sure this person, whoever you might be hiring, they're, you know, they have an online presence, reviews, et cetera. Um, but at the same time, there comes a um, sort of a, taking a chance on somebody as well. Um, you might not always hit the mark, but I think you have to take those risks and chances and you might go through several people before like finding an actual, you know, uh, somebody who, who you really trust and is really good at their job. Um, I, I'll give an example, and this is not even somebody <clears throat> that I hired. I, 
Um, several years ago, I had a few interns who were helping with us um, on one of the uh, through uh, through the summer. Mm-hmm. And um, she was very, very good at her job. And every, you know, I'd give her projects and she would quickly like get through them to the point where like I didn't even have like projects to give her sometimes. Um, but after it was all said and done, uh, you know, the internship came to a close. Uh, she asked for a recommendation, gave her a very positive, you know, recommendation. And she ended up later um, opening up her own sort of graphic design business. And to this day, we still keep in touch, and she has done work for me because I knew what a great job she did in the past for me. And um, she, again, still to this day, gets everything done very efficiently. Um, and, you know, being her mentor at the time, you, you know, financially, I mean, she doesn't, you know, charge me her normal prices, which is which is wonderful, and I truly appreciate that. But it just goes to show that, you know, if you give people a chance um, and, you know, see what type of work they do, uh, those can be lasting relationships as well. Awesome. So if people wanted to check out your website, your Instagram, and also maybe check out FGI, what are kind of the best ways for them to kind of learn all, all, all those things? Yes, absolutely. So uh, personally, for my website, my uh, Web address is www.shopbob, S-H-O-P as in Paul, B-H-A-V as in Victor, dot com. And you can also find us on Instagram at the same handle, shopbob. Uh, those are probably my two most um, active platforms. Uh, in terms of FGI, we're also on um, Instagram as well, at FGI Chicago. Um, and I'll leave it at that because that's probably the the easiest way to find us. And then you can go back to our website as well. Cool. Anything else you want to leave our listeners with before we sign off? No, I just, um, you know, thank you again for having me on the show. I truly value our friendship. And yeah, looking forward to um, just hope, hopefully being in the fashion industry for many more years to come. Um, hopefully I won't be phased out, but, um, but yeah, no, I mean, again, I, I, I feel so comfortable in this space and I'm, I'm just truly happy to be, have these opportunities, um, in the Chicago fashion space. This episode is sponsored by Trends APO. Collaborate with trendsetters and artists worldwide. Join the creative talent marketplace by showcasing your fashion and artistic intelligence. Transapio connects diverse talent from creative industries with brands that need fresh ideas. Showcase your projects, create your portfolios, and showcase your work in creative talent pools. Collaborate with industry peers and give life to your next big project. Hire on demand, create portals, post jobs, cast and promote talent. Let trendsetters find your projects. Transapio handles your onboarding needs. Build a network that works. Build a community of like-minded trendsetters and links with brands and businesses across the globe. Want to make your mark on Transapio? Go ahead and leverage the latest AI-driven technology that brings talent and opportunities into a seamless ecosystem. Join them to help make the next viral trend that will transform the world. Transapio. If you haven't already, please subscribe to our podcast in iTunes, Pod Directory, or SoundCloud. That way, you'll get our latest episodes sent right to your device when they come out every week. For reference, those are all linked up right in the show notes. While you're in there, feel free to leave us a review. If you do, 
All I can say is two words. Endless gratitude. Writing reviews helps us understand how we can improve the podcast as we all continue along this fun adventure in fashion, fitness, and food. (laughs) 